Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We have a new sound for you, part of Pirke Elvis Treasury Season 2 here on the PAL as we're trying to do one Mishnah per podcast, trying to do about four episodes a week. Blee for this show and OT Talk with Mr. T. So we'll do the commentary, and then we'll try to interweave some ideas as well. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We are in Chapter 1, Paragraph 10, Parak Aleph, Mishnah Yud, Shemaya Ve'avtalion Kiblu Mehen, Shemaya Ve'avtalion received the tradition from them. Shemaya Omer, Shemaya says, Ehavis HaMalacha, love, work, Usana et harabanut, and despise power or despise positions of power and do not become overly familiar with the government. Before we go into different comments of the Perkeov's treasury themselves, I, I find it interesting where it says, Ahav Malacha, love work. How many people out there have a job that they really don't like, that they really don't love? You're supposed to do something you love, and if you do that, you'll never work a day in your life. They say, love what you do and do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. And that would be a blessing for all of us, it should be a bracha for all of us that we should find exactly what we find perfect for us, that we really love what we do. Thank God I love being an OT, working in the school. I really do love my school that I'm in right now. Very happy trying to do different ideas. And it doesn't feel like work. It's a wonderful thing to work with kids, especially in a school. And everyone should have that. And if you don't know what you love to do, if you're not doing what you love to do, there's two questions I saw on Aish. Aish asked on Aish.com, one of their articles last year I read, it said, if you had a half a day to yourself and you could do anything, what would you do? And another question you ask yourself is, if you could do anything and not worry about being paid for it, and you could do what you love, and you don't have to about worry about money, what would you do? And that's what you should be doing. That's what your calling is. What is your talent? What are your capabilities? What are your interests? If you could do whatever you can, whatever you wanted, and you didn't have to worry about money and whatever you're passionate about, that's what you should be doing. And that's, again, we say many times, this is why I started OT Talk in the PAL. I always loved radio ever since college days. And podcasts are a wonderful way to do that, a free way to do that, and you get to have your show, you get to make your show, and you just have to keep up with it and try to do something you love. I always love Perky Alvis, and I love being an OT, so we combine it with radio, another passion of mine, and I feel like Hashem, God sent me to do this, and hopefully it reaches a lot of people and helps a lot of people. So you have to do what you love, you have to love what you do, you have to find that which you're passionate and love to do, and if you could do it for free, you would do it anyway, that's what you should be doing. If you're an accountant and hate it, but you always love painting you have to pursue painting and if you love trains but you're stuck in a business office of a bank what are you doing in the bank go get on those trains and go do what you love that's what you're here to do anybody could be doing your job that you're doing now if you don't love it but not everybody could do what you're passionate about not everybody can have the skill set and the capabilities and the interests of what god gave you if he gave you a passion for something and gave you abilities to do that you have to link the two together and you have to do it not everybody wants to do a podcast or listen to a podcast not everybody wants to be an ot not everybody wants to do but these are things that I like and I combine them so find what you like do it find it pursue it because there's never going to be another person like you there never was a person like you there is no one like you right now that can do it so go do it so Shemayin Avtalian received the tradition from Yehuda ben Tabai and Shemayin ben Shaddach Shemayin Avtalian were the Nasi and Avbezin respectively at the end of the Hasmonean era Excuse me, at the beginning of King Herod's reign, they were descendants of the Assyrian king Hassan Cherev and Gittin 57b. Rambam and Rav suggests that they themselves were converts to Judaism. Maharal objects since a convert may not serve as Nasir Avbezin, but he says they were descendants of converts, but 
they were descendants of commerce, but were born of Jewish mothers. Mug and Avos suggest that Shema and Avtalim were appointed to the great Sanhedrin, even though they were converts, since no one else of their stature was available. The rule excluding converts applies only where there is a suitable alternative. And we're going to read the story at the bottom. Safas Emes views the injunction as an allegory for the great trial of life. Man must consider his actions carefully, sitting in judgment on any course of action before proceeding. The evil and good inclinations are the witnesses, each testifying for the sake of its vested interest. Man must thoroughly and extensively interrogate each of these witnesses by examining his own motives in order to ascertain which of the proposed paths is that of truth and which is falsehood. So the theme here, as Rav Hirsch also explains, is personal independence. We're tr- addressing three areas where we have to preserve our ability to follow our own principles. We're taught to love work. It leads to economic independence, especially for a man. It's very important to be independent, to have a space, to be with his family, and not have to be all over the place but taking care of the immediate family. Secondly, we must despise positions of power. So leadership is enslaving. A person in power will do things to protect his own power and prestige, thinking that he must do them. Such activities are frequently contrary to his own views and inclinations and will never do them where he's free from political constraints. And lastly, we have to avoid the company of powerful friends, for they will often pressure one to conform to their own wishes and views, and we might be forced to comply to avoid alienating them. Only when someone's content to live a private life, to remain in a humble position and to support himself of his own labors, can he really be free? Loving work, even an independently wealthy person should engage in some type of work. This is a huge principle of occupational therapy. Even someone who's retired, even someone who doesn't have to work for money, needs to have occupations, needs to have different aspects of their life that they're engaged in. There are so many areas of occupations. There's work, there's play, there's leisure, there's sleep, there's education, there's employment, there's volunteer work, but someone has to do something. You cannot sit idle because that leads to mental atrophy, as Kasubas 59b says. It's wonderful when OT is fully in line with Torah ideals. What a wonderful thing. An occupation is a benefit beyond that of producing income. It keeps one occupied and therefore productive and prevents mental deterioration. As Tosfosyamtiv explains, not all occupations are equally desirable from a Torah viewpoint. Kedushin explains where Mayor says one should always teach his son a clean and easy trade. Clean, that it doesn't have dishonesty and easy, that it doesn't require excessive involvement so that the person will not be prevented from studying Torah. Mayor also says he should pray to God to whom all wealth and possessions belong because there is no trade that does not include both want and wealth. In every trade there are wealthy men and poor men, thus no matter what is trade he must rely on guide on God, excuse me. Also one should engage in any type of occupation, even one below his dignity, rather than accept charity. A person must do what he can, endeavor what he can to support his family. Despise power, one should try not to hold positions of command and control. They shorten a man's life, as Rashi explains. Because jealousy abounds in any political air, air arena, people seek to undermine others, and they might be forced to be in conflict with others, and we don't want that. And we have to try to avoid that. And don't become overly familiar with the government. The authorities shall favor the people solely for their own purposes. An intimate relationship with them is dangerous, since the moment they no longer stand to gain anything from the association, the relationship will be similar, summarily terminated. See later in 2 3, where we we talk about this as well. And Rabbi Sol Salanta at the bottom used to say that no one dies of hunger. Anyone could find some type of occupation by which to support himself and his family. People perish instead due to prestige. They say, this occupation is not prestigious enough for me. This one does not befit a person in my station. But the Talmud suggests otherwise. Skin caresses in the marketplace and support yourself with the pain. Do not say, I'm a Kohen or I'm a great man, therefore I cannot do this lowly work. Love work teaches Shemaya any type of work. It's very important to have work any type of work, but really, 
It should be in line, especially with your capabilities, with your talents, with your passions and your interests. God gave you certain talents, certain interests, as we said in the intro to the Mishnah, and our own explanations, and he gave you the longing, the desire, and the abilities to do those things. And you're the only one that combine all those things. So hopefully you're working as what you're supposed to, and you don't miss the mark. Find your mark, and get the mark, and complete the mark, and you will be able to love your work as well. This has been the PAL with Tani G. Join us next time as we talk talk about being careful with words because it could exile people here on the PAL with Tani G and I'm your host Tani G